and to be back with you guys this morning. So last week we started on this journey of holistic living together. And we began by defining the word holistic, um, saying that it's characterized by comprehension of the parts of something as intimately interconnected and explicable only by the reference to the whole. So everything's connected together. And also in regards to medicine, characterized by the treatment of the whole person, taking into account mental and social factors rather than just the symptoms of a disease. And we saw and are learning through this series that one of the joys of orthodoxy is the journey it takes us on in discovering the holistic nature of the orthodox faith. Just as Christ focused on healing our physical ailments as well as our spiritual ones because it's important, our church doesn't leave any area of our life untouched through all of our prayers and our sacraments because we know that God cares about our health and has a plan for our whole person, body, mind, and spirit. God wants to do great things through you and me, and our body is a tool given to us to serve his purpose, so we're to honor what God has given us. And we agreed on three principles last week, that our body belongs to God, that the Holy Spirit lives in my body, and then that Christ purchased my body for a price. And we saw in um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 when St. Paul said, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are commanded that we are to sanctify, set apart, take care of our whole spirit, soul, and body so we can preserve it and blameless before Christ. And we split up our whole being into three um, components, our body, our mind, and our spirit. And today, our focus is going to be about our body and the different, as- the different aspects that actually affect our body, such as food, exercise, and sleep. And again, I'm going to keep saying this disclaimer all throughout this series. I am not an expert. I am not a physician. I am a dental hygienist. I clean teeth. This is not my expertise. I'm going to keep repeating that because I don't want anybody to take me as like, what I'm telling you is like, you know, all truth, and I'm a doctor. It's not my specialty. Um, but again, it's something I'm learning, I'm continuing to learn, and I'm passionate about. And I, again, as I stated, at the end of each um, talk, starting today, I'm going to give you guys a couple resources that you guys can go to and use that I reference to, and that you guys can use to reference to for yourselves as well. Okay? Um, and a lot of what I'm sharing today are things that you probably already know, Um, A lot of us sometimes just need reminder or motivation or some type of encouragement. Um, So this is what, you know, a lot of these things you might already know, but it's just more of a reminder and encouragement for us all. But before we get started, I want to kind of read an expert, an excerpt, sorry, from the story of Daniel. And the Bible is such a beautiful love story about our salvation and it helps us connect with our Heavenly Father, but it also gives us a lot of guides um, for every step of our lives, and it gives us a lot of direction, even on our health. Okay, there's so much beauty in the Bible of giving us direction on how to live our life, and our health is a big part of it, actually. So we're going to start off with Daniel um, chapter 1, and um, just a quick background before we jump in. This is around the time of 600 BC. There was um, a king of Babylon, and his name was Nebuchadnezzar, and this is where we're going to pick up on verse 3. It says, Then the king instructed 
Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Or Chaldeans. Um, so here the king wanted to get young men to serve him. So he asked the head of his eunuchs, go get a bunch of uh, young men from all around and bring them to me. Um, and they have to meet this criteria. They have to be no blemish, good looking, gifted, possessing knowledge, um, because he wants them to serve him closely. Continuing in verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them. So at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abdenagal. So the king, um, he said, you're going to collect all, the, you're going to bring all these men to me, and I'm going to give them the top food that I have, all the king's delicacies, the best food that you could possibly find. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them the best wine to drink, and they're going to have three years of training. And at the end of this training, I'm going to bring together, and I'm going to choose from them. And there was three men from that, from the men that they brought to get trained, called um, Daniel, Mishael, and Azariah. And they changed their names because they wanted them to have, um, be like their culture, because they were from Judah. But Daniel purposed in his heart, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which, which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. So Daniel, before he went in, he already had purposed in his heart his lifestyle choice, what he was going to follow, whether it be food, diet, faith, spirituality. It was already purposed in his heart. He had a plan. And so he told the eunuch, I can't um, defile myself. This is not, I don't partake of this stuff. And the, the chief of the eunuch was like, I'm scared of the king who told me to give this to you. And then he continues, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are at your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and waters to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies, and as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he was like, the eunuch was like, I'm scared. The king might like kill me if you guys end up looking worse or weaker than the rest of the people. And Daniel was like, how about let's come up with a plan. For 10 days, feed us vegetables, healthy plant-based foods, water, and then come test us after 10 days. And if we look weaker, then you do as you seem fit. But let's, let's just have like a little testing period. Verse 14, so he consented with them in this matter and tested them in 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate of the, the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So after 10 days, they actually appeared to be in better health when they ate healthier than the rest of the people. They appeared to be in better health than the rest of the men that were in training. 
verse 18. Now, at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and therefore they served before the king. So they stuck with what their purpose in their heart was, with their lifestyle choices, and at the end, after those three years of training, there was none found like them three, and they ended up serving the king. Daniel had purposed in his heart. He made a plan before he got into the midst of temptation. He already had a plan of what his lifestyle choices um, were going to be. He made a lifestyle choice physically and spiritually and didn't veer from that, no matter what was put before him. And they ate very healthy. They ate their vegetables, plant-based, water, and they were in better health physically and mentally than the rest of the men that were in training. So just like Daniel, when we start this journey of holistic health, I want us to go in with a purposed heart. Last week, I was telling you guys to think of your why. Okay, purpose in your heart. What is your plan? Before you reach temptations, before you go back into the habits that you were having before, purpose in your heart, come up with a plan of the lifestyle choices and your why. So that way when you're entering into this journey, you're going to have your ups and downs, but you have your goal on your plan and your purpose in your heart. And Daniel, as we see, was a man after God's heart. He kept God before him. He purposed his heart that he wouldn't be defiled, and he prayed, he ate healthy, he took care of himself, and he was holistically balanced and healthy. He pursued excellence. Daniel's a great example for us because we'll see his story. He pursued excellence mentally, physically, spiritually, and as a result, he was able to live out his purpose in serving the king. And again, like it says in verse 17, and among them none was found like Daniel and the other men with him. So when we talk about our bodies and the different ways that we take care of it today, I want us to remember Daniel as our example. Are we we're taking care of our bodies like Daniel for God's purpose, for us to be able to carry out God's purpose in our lives. And without keeping God in the midst of all of it and kind of keeping our heart purposed and focused on him, it's a shallow effort, really. Um, There's a church father from the fifth century named St. Mark the Ascetic, and he actually puts it this way. He says, think nothing and do nothing without purpose directed to God. For journey without direction is wasted effort. Journey without direction is wasted effort. So think nothing and do nothing without purpose directed to God. So on this journey of holistic living with our bodies, I want us to keep in mind that our hearts will be purposed and directed towards God and determine that we're not going to defile our bodies, that we're going to set a plan, have our lifestyle choices, and we're going to stick with it. And Taking care of our bodies requires making a lot of lifestyle choices. It's not just a one-time thing. It's lifestyle choices that's continuous. And there's many health-promoting behaviors that we can do to increase our chance of being holistically healthy and taking care of our bodies. So today we're going to focus on three things of food, exercise, and sleep. So the first thing... um, The first health-promoting behavior that we can do in making lifestyle choices is eating um, healthier foods. So there's so many choices out there right now on how to eat, what to eat, um, so many new, like, diets. It's really funny. um, Father Nathaniel and I are watching, we like to watch NBC Nightly News to get, like, a recap 
of the news for the day. And a couple weeks ago, it was like, um, find the diet for 2021. And I started laughing. We both started laughing. We're like, we didn't realize there was a diet specifically for like this year. But you know, it worked. So I was like, don't change the channel. I want to know what they're going to say. <laughs> and he was like, Sarah, it's nothing new. But you know, it worked, right? There's so many different ways out there um, on how we can eat. Like there's the choice of being vegan or vegetarian, low carb, keto versus paleo, pescatarian, carnivore. There's so, and the list goes on and on and on. And it's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Um, but what's actually really interesting is the Orthodox Church actually gives us a really good prescription on how to eat. Um, we have our fasts, which are majority of the year, right? And that focuses mostly on plant-based whole foods um, with seafood sometimes. And then in between, right, then we can have the meats and um, in between the fasts and things. So it's a good prescription actually on how to eat because... And, and we're actually going to, on the last talk when we talk about our spirit, we're going to dive deeper into the several benefits of fasting. Um, and we're going to talk about the beautiful and abundant practices that our church gives us through um, sacraments and different practices to grow spiritually. But the church, in her wisdom, knew that fasting and abstaining from certain foods um, actually affects our minds, our focus, and our spiritual health. And when we fast correctly, not eating a bunch of carbs and potato chips and things like that, when we're fasting correctly, we actually are in a healthier state physically and mentally and spiritually. And now we're seeing that science is catching up and showing that the best way to eat and the healthiest way to eat is actually mostly plant-based whole foods, right, with little meat. Um, so our Orthodox Church has been teaching us this for ages, and science is now telling us that this is one of the best ways to eat. Um, but there is, um, some of you guys have probably heard of him, a Greek physician known as the father of medicine. His name is Hippocrates. He died in 370 BC. But Hippocrates, the father of medicine, had this famous saying that said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And this statement is so accurate because God created our food to be healing and nourishing. And the foods that we eat, as we saw in the video earlier, the foods that we eat can, um, can affect our physical health, our mental health, and directly or indirectly affect our brain. We saw that one-third of what we eat actually nourishes our brain. So food isn't just calories um, and energy, but it's actually instructions to give to your body that can either heal or hurt and can affect your genes. Many of you, I don't know if you guys knew this, but sugar itself, it's more addictive than cocaine. And it can cause obesity, inflammation, diseases, and feeds cancer. And I can attest to this because sugar is my biggest weakness. I can work on everything else, but sugar is so addictive and it's so hard for me. It's really addictive and they're showing that it's more addictive than cocaine. Just some quick examples of how we can look at food being medicine and being healing. Um, I'm just going to go quickly through some ideas of how food can be healing for us. We have leafy green vegetables that are considered like kale, spinach, arugula, mustard greens, Swiss chard. Um, these are packed with nutrients, and they actually are good for inflammation, for your immune function. They improve wound healing. And Swiss chard, which a lot of us may not be eating, um, it's actually really good for supporting your bone health, and it fights stress-related diseases. Um, salmon, a lot of us eat, like, like salmon, we eat it a lot when we're um, fasting for certain fasts, but it's really packed with protein, B vitamins, zinc, 
and omega-3s. Like the video is talking to us about the importance of omega-3 fats because it promotes wound healing, enhances your immune response, and reduces inflammation. We have berries. We hear a lot about berries being antioxidants, and they provide anti-inflammatory, antiviral, and immune-supporting effects. Nuts and seeds, we heard about that again in the video. It's zinc, vitamin E, magnesium, and it protects cellular damage and improves function of immune cells. These are just some examples of how food can be medicine for us. Um, there's cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, the ones that we all grew up like, hey, we don't want to eat those. There's actually a lot of benefit in them. They suppress inflammation, activate immune defenses, and induce um, death in infected cells. Beets, I love beets. They're really good in salad, by the way. Um, they reduce inflammation, bring down blood pressure. Eggs help with blood sugar and, um, and brain health. Yogurt, digestion and blood pressure. And then ginger, arthritis relief, nausea, digestive relief, cancer protection. The list can go on and on and on about how food can be healing for our bodies. Um, and when it comes to food being our medicine, it helps us focus on prevention over intervention. Okay, we wanna focus on preventing these diseases instead of having to intervene. Um, according to the CDC, and this was just last updated in January 2021, January 12th, 2021, so a few weeks ago, the CDC says 90% of the nation's $3.8 trillion in annual healthcare expenditures are for people with chronic and mental health conditions. It continues to say, this includes major diseases as heart disease and stroke, cancer, diabetes, obesity, arthritis, Alzheimer's, epilepsy, and tooth decay, which really touched home to me because lately we've been seeing a lot of kids with um, infections in their mouth and having to go to the hospital from tooth decay. So it's just crazy that this is, this is going up. And it continues to say, <clears throat> that majority of these diseases are affected by our lifestyle choices. The CDC says that the risk factors for these diseases are lack of physical activity, smoking, excessive alcohol use, and food choices. So with that being said, I wanna put a little disclaimer and say something, over on, like go on a little side note. Many of you here might be struggling with some of these health issues and diseases. Okay, and it can be very hard living with these diseases and taking medications for them. And some of you guys might already be living somewhat of a healthy lifestyle with eating healthy and exercise and still have these diseases. And I don't want anyone here to think that I'm putting the blame on you and your lifestyle choices. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. And I understand what you're coming from because my husband, Father Nathaniel, he has an autoimmune disease and he has to take an immunosuppressant medication on a regular basis to help maintain that disease to make sure it's at a healthy level. But he also, along with that, has to make, as we found throughout, lifestyle choices that affect the state of his disease and it directly correlates with how well his disease is controlled. So this is not a one-to-one -one ratio. So if I eat this, I'll be cured and I won't have any sickness or disease because unfortunately we live in a broken world and there will be sicknesses. But the question is, am I doing my part? We don't wanna go from one extreme to say, if I eat this and take this vitamin, I'm never gonna get sick and I'm not gonna have cancer, everything's gonna be okay. And we don't wanna to go to the other extreme or say, well, you know what, I'm gonna eat whatever I want and God is in control and if I get sick, I get sick, right? We have to do our part. We have to work and take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies, make good lifestyle choices, and then our life at the end is in God's hands.
But for those that are struggling with diseases and want to find ways where foods can be healing um, for your condition along with your medication, I suggest go talk to your doctor. And if your doctor's not willing to work with you, find a doctor who is willing to work with you to help you come up with a good food plan with lifestyle choices that can help heal your disease or help with, along with your medication to live a better lifestyle. Um, I know several people who, um, through food and through their doctor's help with medication and food diets, they were able to actually eliminate or cut back on their medications. Um, those that have had um, diabetes and other autoimmune diseases, they've been able to at least reduce their medications by eating and choosing healthier foods. And there's also a lot of many integrative medicine doctors out there that are willing to work with you, um, that work with your medication and come up with a good plan for you. So I know this can be very overwhelming on like, where do I even start? But honestly, to simplify everything, it might sound a little cliche, but eat simple, real foods. Um, use the whole feel to fork simplicity. Foods that God made versus foods that man made. Um, an idea of where to start with that even is looking at our food labels. I know some of us don't like to read our labels, but looking at our food labels. Um, <clears throat> first of all, if you're looking at the ingredients and you don't know what any of the words are, that goes to tell you it's man-made. If you don't know what you're eating in the back, then I wouldn't consume it. Um, but there's three main ingredients in your food, like if you're reading your food labels, that if you see, I highly recommend you kind of get rid of it. Um, the first one is high fructose corn syrup. Um, interesting fact, there are some tomato sauces that have just as much sugar as Oreos, okay, because of the amount of um, high fructose corn syrup. Then trans fat or hydrogenated fat, that's fake fat, and then MSG. They put it in foods, especially at restaurants, because it creates addiction and overeating. And you'll notice if you have a lot of these ingredients, you'll have that um, food coma that makes you kind of sluggish after. Um, but if you find these ingredients in your labels, I would suggest maybe, you know, tossing it out, replacing them. Um, because the food industry has really hijacked our taste buds, and it's our turn to, like, get back in balance, and our taste buds will eventually change. But I just want to remind you and say that this is not a weight loss program. It's not about being, um, losing weight, about being hungry or dieting. It's about a lifestyle choice where you can eat in abundance if it's good quality food, but it's also about getting your health back and finding a way to give yourself energy, well-being, and to thrive. <clears throat> a few other suggestions might be to start your day with protein, like sh a shake, eggs. Some people say have dinner for breakfast. I have not been able to do that, but my nutritionist has suggested that to me. Some cultures do that, um, but it's the concept of having protein for breakfast, um, eating at regular intervals, but the big thing is don't drink your liquid sugars. Sodas, energy drinks, um, a lot of those liquid sugars really add on a lot of wasted calories. But again, it's the idea of simplicity, simple food from field to fork, real God-made simple foods that are not man-made and processed, and in that way, and eating a variety of them, and that way we can find food being medicine and healing to our bodies and nourishing. So that was food. <clears throat> and the second lifestyle choice that we can make um, to focus on taking care of our bodies is exercise and fitness. Now, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about this because if I were to ask all of you guys here, you would say, yes, exercise is important and it keeps us healthy. We all know that, right? Everybody knows that. And we all know that movement is vital to being and staying healthy. 
Um, some of its benefits are that it releases endorphins, which is the chemical produced in the body that relieves stress and pain. It gives you more energy. Um, physical motion directly impacts your emotion. Dramatic effect on your mental health. And next week, we're going to go into our minds and our mental health, and we're going to dive deeper into that next week when we talk about our minds. But when we talk about our bodies and exercise, I want us to remember that you can't do anything on this earth without your body. And we tend to go into these extremes, right? Of we either reject our bodies, we neglect our bodies, or we're all about perfecting it. We go into all these extremes about our bodies. But what this is really about is protecting our bodies. We want to protect it. We want to care for our bodies because this is an act of worship. It's stewardship to what has been given to us, and that requires discipline. The Bible, again, continues to give us direction on how we should take care of our bodies. When St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5.29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. How does the Lord love and cherish the church? And he wants us to do the same thing for our bodies. Again, St. Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What does reasonable mean? It's appropriate. It's fair. It's the least we can ask of you, right? It should be easy enough for you to do. Um, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So when it comes to exercise, I want us to keep that in mind, that how we're supposed to take care of our bodies. But I don't want to tell you how to exercise because there's so many different ways to do that out there, and everybody's body is different. But I just want to give some motivating tips to get us kind of going. The first one is find something that you're going to enjoy. You have to find joy in it. The best exercise is going to be the one that you'll actually do. Okay, so whatever you get, will get you moving, that's going to be the best exercise. A lot of people um, have computer like desk jobs, and especially working from home, you're kind of slouched. I'm hearing a lot now people like sitting in bed or sitting in like bad positions like all day, sitting at your desk on the computer. Um, they're saying that sitting is actually kind of like the new smoking, and it destroys your health. So just setting an alarm on your phone or something for every hour or two hours to get up and do some type of small movement, whether it's walking around, taking a lap, jumping jacks, whatever it may be, just some type of small movement every hour or two. Set that alarm on your phone. Um, something else you can do is <clears throat> schedule it before the week begins. So uh, Father Nathaniel and I sometimes... Um, we do this sometimes, not all the time, but Sunday nights we sit and we look at our calendar for the week and we're like kind of planning out our calendars together for the rest of the week. And in that, he'll tell me, okay, this is the night that I go play soccer. What night are you going to go do your kickboxings or Pilates? I haven't done this in like over a month, so I'm talking to myself. It's been like a month and a half since I've gone to the gym. But I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Let me just figure it out, see how the week goes. And he's like, no, you're going to put it on the calendar now so that way you don't cancel it. Because if you wait till how the week goes, it's always you're tired after work, something comes up. So we'll sit Sunday night, put in our calendar, this is his soccer night, this is my night for, you know, kickboxing or Pilates or whatever it is that I do. And, um, and that way it's scheduled. You're not going to back out. It's part of your week routine. And then when you're done, you check it off. It's completed. And when you're able to check something off, it gives you like a sense of, you know, accomplishment, like you did something. 
another motivating tip is getting a buddy, somebody that um, can help motivate you or keep you accountable. You know, Daniel, we saw, had his buddies that kept him accountable, and they were on the same purpose together. But again, bottom line is find, it's good, exercise is whatever you're going to find joy in, something that you'll actually do. So whatever you'll actually do to exercise, you know, do it in order to get moving and stay healthy. And the last and final um, <clears throat> healthy lifestyle choice to make when taking care of our bodies is getting good sleep. Um, if you're parents, I don't think you know what that is anymore. <laughs> Last night, Ruth woke me up like twice. So, um, <clears throat> but getting good sleep is really important and vital to our bodies. Um, there's a deacon here named Brandon C. Um, you guys, a couple years ago, he gave a talk. He's a he's a physician and he's actually like a sleep doctor, and he gave a talk, a great talk about sleep and its benefits. Um, so he's a great resource if anybody is struggling with sleep um, to go talk to him. But again, we'll see how the Bible continues to give us direction on how to live a holistic lifestyle, even when it comes to sleep. Psalm 127.2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. What is it saying? It's vain. It produces no result. It's useless for you to get to no sleep for staying up late, for waking up early, getting little sleep. And who does he give sleep? His beloved. We are his beloved. Sleep is good. It's commanded to us so we can have a balanced life. Sometimes the most spiritual thing we can do is take a nap. Just go take a nap. Sometimes it solves a lot. <laughs> All right? So sleep, it was told to us, God gives it to his beloved. Some benefits of good sleep. Again, these are things you probably already know, but just as a reminder and motivation. When you get good sleep... You get sick less often. You stay at a healthy weight. You lower your risk for serious health problems. Um, you reduce stress and improve your mood. You think more clearly for students, for parents and their kids. Getting sleep helps them with their schoolwork, and they're more productive at school. They do better at school. And you get along better with people because you're not grumpy, right? Um, things that affect our sleep. Um, stress or anxiety. A lot of us struggle with stress and anxiety, and it keeps us up at night. Pain, certain health conditions, some medications, caffeine, having caffeine after a certain time, coffee, tea, soda, that all has caffeine in it, um, alcohol and other drugs, or sometimes unsle untreated sleep disorders. <clears throat> if you're having trouble sleeping, try making some of these changes like what you're doing during the day. Sometimes when people work out in the evenings, it releases a lot of endorphins, and they have a hard time sleeping, so maybe do that in the morning. Um, make sure you have a comfortable sleep environment. If there's a street light, put, you know, those blackout curtains. Set a routine before bed. Like, make sure you have a bedtime routine every night. Spend some time outdoors every day. Um, <clears throat> stay away from caffeine after a certain time if you realize that it affects you. If you take naps, limit it to no more than 20 minutes a day. Um, eating big meals close to bedtime also affects your sleep. <clears throat> the big, big thing that affects our sleep is electronic devices. So consider keeping your TVs, your phones, <clears throat> smartphones, um, like laptops, anything, any electronic device, try to keep it outside of the bedroom. I know a lot of us use it as our alarm. If that's the case, you know, just try not to use your phone 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime. All right, at least 30 minutes before bedtime to give your mind the ability to unwind, to unrest. But they suggest 30 minutes to an hour before bedtime, no TV, no screens. 
And then if you find yourself worrying, having stress or anxiety or worrying at night and unable to sleep due to that, <clears throat> working on stress management and getting help with you know, the mental health um, aspect of our lives. And we're going to, again, go into deeper um, talks about the stress and mind and mental health next week when we talk about mind. So <clears throat> I hope this wasn't um, too overwhelming and it wasn't like a lot of information kind of crammed and thrown at once. But I feel like it was stuff that we already knew. Again, we just needed that reminder and motivation. Because we have to remember that there is a direct impact, and we do reap what we sow. And, but it's all about honoring what God has given us. God wants us to be healthy and strong so we can fulfill our purpose for him. And this is about our earth suit helping us fulfill our calling for Christ and not weighing us down. I want us to be like Daniel, who was a man after God's own heart, who pursued excellence mentally, physically, and spiritually. And like him, I want us each to purpose in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves, but honor our bodies because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that way we can run the race that is set before us with endurance. To him be all the glory forever. Amen. Um, before we stand up to pray, as promised, I'm going to give you guys two resources <clears throat> um, that I want to share with you that I've used for referencing for this talk this week, but I go to a lot just on a regular basis for myself. The first one is The Daniel Plan um, by Rick Warren, Daniel Amen, and Mark Hyman. <clears throat> so Rick Warren is a pastor at a church called Saddleback. Um, Daniel Amen, he's a psychiatrist and a brain disorder specialist. And then Mark Hyman... <clears throat> is a physician that focuses on wellness through foods and is all about food being your medicine for healing. Um, actually, Mark Hyman, you can follow him on um, Instagram. I do that, and he has a lot of really good like tidbits and recipes and things like that of, um, to make good you know, food recipes that are simple. Um, <clears throat> but this book is actually really great because it achieves the balance of faith and health, and it gives really good lifestyle tips from all these different professionals, and it still keeps it you know, faith-based. And it actually has really good recipes as well, really good, easy, simple recipes. So there's a book and there's a website. So um, you can look it up, and there's both options. And it gives you really good um, tips and recipes and advice for things like that. The other, um, <clears throat> sorry, the other resource is a book and a podcast called Faith, Food, and Fasting by Rita Madden. Um, she's a nutritionist, and she's Orthodox Christian. And she has this book and this podcast. And this podcast is geared towards Orthodox and non-Orthodox Christians. But it's for those that want to care about their health with a spiritually-minded manner. And she focuses a lot, actually, on specific medical conditions, such as weight loss, diabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol, and gastric reflux, and even, like, a lot more. But these are some of the things she focuses on. And, <clears throat> but her theory of management is based on the wisdom embodied with the Orthodox Church. So she's really good at taking the wisdom of the church and then her specialty in nutrition and bringing it both together for lifestyle choices. So you can, uh, if you put that in, like, Google that, um, it'll come up with the book, and you'll also find a podcast. I listen to her, like, on a regular basis. You can download on any, like, podcast app or Ancient Faith Radio as well. So these are the two resources. Um, next week we're going to be diving into mind, our, our mental health, um, and... Um, kind of go deeper into that. But if we want to stand up for a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen.
Thank you, Lord, for giving us each a purpose and giving us our bodies as a tool to serve you. Guide us and strengthen us in purposing in our hearts like Daniel to not be defiled, but to pursue excellence in our bodies, mind, and soul so that we may better serve you. Through the intercessions of St. Mary, St. Mark, and all your saints, hear us as we pray and say thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. 